Oh, good morning. Happy, happy Sunday. Okay. So we have a, a great um, agenda for you all today. We know exactly what we're going to be talking about. Oh, we do? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I've always got something on my mind, though, don't you? This time it's your turn to have something on your mind. Oh, I can bring up some topic, but um, how's your week been? Always good. Always good. Yeah, you went to um, Elevation Music? Yes, we went to Elevation Music. It was a, a birthday gift. It was beautiful. I loved the way all Christians praising together. Very powerful, very powerful. Isn't it amazing when the body gets together yeah. and they pray? It's like getting in and out of the parking. People are so courteous. And you're thinking, wow, can you imagine if Christians were taken from this planet, how bad the planet would be? That's a good point because when we were in rush hour traffic, downtown Toronto, at 6.30 at night, and it's packed, and you got all these people descending on you know, Scotiabank Arena, and I just put my flicker on or my indicator, cars just let me in. I would just let people in. It was like, you know, you just knew. These were all the Christians going to Scotiabank region. Very, very polite. Even people going, crossing the street, going in. It was very nice. Very, very nice. And uh, it makes me excited when the body comes together. It upsets me when there's so much division. You know, we've all got a common enemy, and we have to stop worrying about the little details and focus on the common enemy. So, so what would you say is the commonality that we should focus on? Because I know everybody has different takes and different interpretations on certain things. Um, and I, it was interesting for me, we had a, a guest speaker once come and talk, and he was talking about some of the places that they reach uh, the gospel, and they're being persecuted. And he said, if you come here, don't worry about any denomination, because there's no such thing as denominations here. Nobody cares about that, because when you share or talk about uh, Jesus Christ, Yeshua HaMashiach, when you talk about Him, there's persecution. So you haven't got time to talk about other things. That is the key message, is is Christ. So what, what do you believe is the key message that should unite across all denominations? Yeah, that's a very good question, because it's funny, I, I've been seeing some posts this weekend or this week from people on their social media where they are trying to separate the body of Christ. You know, like there's some preachers in the body of Christ who who are very optimistic and enthusiastic and they, they speak about the positive things and in Scripture, which are promises, and they are labeled as, you know, not being dependent enough, not being humble enough. Meanwhile, they are lifting up the body of Christ to stand in the victory and authority that they, they they've been that we've been given. Whereas, you know, if if we stopped focusing on all those differences, I just think that the enemy loves this division that he creates because people end up focusing so much on the division that they forget to focus on what is important. Well, what is important? When you say I don't believe do people focus on the division or the focus on what's important? No, 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 no. There's a lot of focus on division. I mean, even look at some of our podcasts. Our podcasts have even talked about, for example, the revival in Asp Asbury. Or, I, I mean, I saw a post talking about, you know, there's, you know, self-help versus the Bible. Or, you know, and they'll, they'll, they'll quote some 
pastors who, who speak on self-help. And I, I saw another post yesterday about, oh, which movement are you from? Which movement are you from? Which movement? And these movements are labeled. Everybody's labeled. We have to give labels. It's such a, it's such a curse from the enemy, that whole labeling. But at the same time, I know you may think this is a curse, but at the same time, it also helps people understand or put things in boxes so that they can see where they're coming from, right? So if someone says they are a Pentecostal, you have an image. If you say that, if someone says they're Baptist, you have an image. If they say that they are Lutheran or they are Southern Baptist, there's a kind of understanding. Well, where did Jesus say? No, okay, uh, which no. background are you from? He he did call uh, out the Pharisees and the Sadducees. He did, didn't he? Yeah, but again, um, denominations didn't exist in his day. I know, right? but because I'm just saying he call, he did label people. He did call out people for their beliefs. Uh, oh, woe to you, Pharisees! Scribes, woe to you, scribes! He did call them out. Yeah, and, and but he didn't ignore people from the who were Pharisees or, or scribes. So, so maybe that's a good point: is looking at at the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and what were some of the things that they did. Number one, the Pharisees always spoke against people that spoke with power. So, Yeshua spoke with authority. All the disciples, when the disciples spoke with authority. Who gives them that kind of boldness? And so you can see, I'm, I'm saying this, and I want you to picture people today that speak against those because others that have or speak with authority. They have a problem when people speak as a child of God. They rather have people speak as a worm than a child of God. So that's one thing the Pharisees used to do. And number two... They were always pointing fingers at Yeshua for breaking the law. And I, I keep hearing this. They say, well, uh, Yeshua was against the law. No, he wasn't against the law. Hopefully everybody can understand something. That Yeshua, if he broke the law in any way, he would have sinned. For the word of God says, 1 John 3 verse 4, when you break the law, that is sin. That is, that's the very definition of sin, is breaking the law, going against the law, or those things that are in the law. So now the question we have to ask is, what, what were these Pharisees speaking about? Well, they were angry with Yeshua for breaking their law. They added to the law of God. Through the Mishnah and the Talmud, right? Yeah, they were, ad they were adding to the law. At that time, as we spoke about, it was the Mishnah, right? The oral traditions that yeah, were passed down. Yeah, something with an H, what was it called? Halak. The Halak. Um, and so they had the oral laws that they were imparting on the people. And Yeshua was breaking that. So when they say, oh, you're breaking the Sabbath. No, he never broke the Sabbath. If he broke the Sabbath, he would have sinned. And therefore, he would not be spotless and sinless. And he wouldn't have been a perfect sacrifice, right? This Ex perfect, exactly. sinless, but without blemish. They, they complained about him about eating. Oh, look at you, your disciples. They, they don't wash their hands when they eat food. Yeshua was against their laws. Whether it was a, how they kept the, sab uh, kept the Sabbath whether it was how he ate food, whether it was... Mixing with unclean people. Yeah, mixing with sinners. Um, whether the woman was washing his feet, and do you know who she is? Even the woman caught in adultery was another one they accused him of, right? Because they were like, well, why? He, he should have stoned her. He, he broke the law because he didn't stone her. According to the law of God, 
The most important thing before you stone anybody is having a witness. Actually, two witnesses, the scripture says. And let's say you have a person that falsely accuses. Whatever, the person that falsely accuses, that person, that very person that falsely accused, they need to stone that person. Mm -hmm. So that's why when he says, he who without sin throw the first stone, doesn't mean he who doesn't lie, he who never cheated, he who never, nothing to do with that. Because if that's the case, nobody in the Old Testament would have had to stone anybody based on that parameters. It has nothing to do with that. He who, who meets the conditions, let him throw the first stone. As uh, in, if you were a witness to the witness, sin of the adultering, adulterous affair, yes. then you are able to throw so the stone. implying that you guys are a bunch of hypocrites, you bunch of sinners, because technically speaking, you're supposed to have two. Where is the husband? So, or where's the man that's committing adultery? You need to have two parties. You don't just um, stone one, according to the law. So the fact that he, they brought this one, they tried to trick him, yet they didn't catch the woman and the man in the act. And therefore, notice the scripture says, the elders are leaving first. In other words, the people that knew the law, they go, oh, let me get out of here, because guess what? I don't want to be get killed. So they start heading out. And how, how misinterpreted is that story? Because that story, I, I think about when anybody is accusing anybody of anything, they'll, they'll look, turn around and say, let him who, with you know, if, 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 people who live in glass houses shouldn't throw stones. Or if you are you without sin, well, don't throw stones. In other words, don't criticize others if you're not looking at yourself, right? Whereas, in fact, that's not what what Jesus was saying. Yep. Yeah, and so he had to follow the law, one hundred percent to the letter, to the mm -hmm. jot and tittle. Otherwise, he would not have been the sacrifice. Whether of being our sacrifice. Yes, and the question is, did Yeshua himself witness it? The answer is no, he didn't. Did he have another witness to go with him? The answer is no, he didn't. So even if he stoned her. He is going against the law by stoning. He would be in sin then. He would be going in sinning. Um, so you say, well, didn't Yeshua know? Of course he knew. And that's why he said, go and sin no more. Going back to the Pharisees. So you can see how the Pharisees add to the law. So you ask yourself, which people are adding to the law? Which people are speaking against those that talk with authority? Let me ask you then, at, at what level of priority... Or to what level of priority do you believe we should focus on what divides us? Or, asked a different way, at what point does division become important? And this is where I'm coming from. Is I do sincerely believe that many of those people who are creating the division or who disregard authority, just like we've spoken, many of them love, love, love Jesus. They have a relationship with him. But, you know, all of us are at a different point of realization of what truthfully is. I mean, we're still growing. Everybody's still growing. So at what point do you say our differences need to be put aside and we need to work together in the body of Christ to move forward? And this is very prevalent on my heart at the moment because of some of the things I'm working on. Where I know that I being I'm not being supported by a certain part of the body of Christ, because they believe that we, uh, you know, m me and a group of people are part of of a very radical group of of Christians. So, at what point do you put aside and say we're working? T we all have a common enemy. Let's let's not worry about these doctrinal issues. We have to fight. Or does persecution bring that naturally? You know what I'm asking? Yeah, I. I, I... 
I'm thinking of my military days. And one of the things when I was in the military, we all came from different walks of life. Mm -hmm. We all have different upbringings. We had different ways of doing stuff. But when we were, we were okay, I never went into war. But when we did the uh, training. the training or the operations, we had no, I, I, I couldn't care what that person believed. I needed his help. In to the get, task that you were working on right there. That's all, right? And, and we were all in the same camp. If, for example, one of us fell, it would impact the entire squad. And therefore, everybody's going to be carrying that one person. So you need to make sure that you're helping each other or else you're going to be left behind. Because you're only as strong as the weakest link. Our drive should be, we need souls saved. Okay, that's the, one of the first and foremost. Because the Lord says, go into all the world and preach the gospel. That's the most important I would say, I'm going to say that's the second most important. The first most important is we ourselves need to be holy. For the scripture says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. It even says in Matthew 7 verse 20, 21 to 24, it, the Lord says, Many will say to me that day, Lord, Lord. Right? Do we not prophesy in your cast out demons in your name? Perform all these wonders in your name. And the Lord will say, Declare to them, I did not know you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Notice, and the word practice is an ongoing action. It's not iniquity like some translations bring out. The word is actually lawlessness. Without law. When you start focusing on yourself, and you start looking at yourself, you become more um, tolerant to other people. You become more merciful because you realize, hey, I I just fall in here. I can't do this. And you re you rely on Holy Spirit. Ho the reason why God gave us Holy Spirit is because that we can live our lives, our holy lives, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so as we walk through our life, He helps us do the right thing. So that's the first and foremost is we need to be holy before mm -hmm. the, the Lord. And then obviously we need to go out and win the lost. So going back to, to your point of how do you get people... To have that, because you can't just tell them, hey, hey, live a holy life, or um, you need to focus on winning the loss, forget about the other things. How, how do you get them to walk in the same direction? Yeah, and, and especially when we all have the scripture as our fundamental common denominator. We all believe that Jesus is the Son of God and He died on the cross for our sins. We all believe that when we die, we're going to heaven. Whether some people believe it's now, later, there's a sleep. We all believe that uh, the Bible is the inalienable and complete word of God. God. And it's holy and it's inspired by Holy Spirit. I, well, I know you say that and, and I know people say that. And, people, and some people may even believe what they're saying. But my question is, do they really believe what they say? In other words, if I had to say to them, okay, if you got something wrong... You're going to get shot. I'm just saying. And the law of God, you, you, it'll be judged instantly. Do you think that they will study the scriptures a little bit more before they just say, oh, I believe it? Yes, I think people, people would genuinely, they would study more if their yeah. lives depended on it, which it actually does. But if they knew physically, yes, I do believe they, do, they would. But so, the, if but, but, the, so that's what I'm saying. If it was the, truly the word of God, it wouldn't be like someone says to you, oh, you know, you need to keep the Sabbath. You go, no, I don't. I already studied that before. I've held that intention. 
Because that's part of the Ten Commandments, you would start thinking, hang on, I probably should check it out. But not everybody's like that. And Andre, you even have to look at the way people have been raised. Even the school system, just wait, even the school system mm -hmm. brainwashes people to submit to authority. So if somebody says, uh, Pastor XYZ said this, this, and this, they will follow that instead of going to research for themselves. The reason we're in the mess we're in is because people won't stop and think for themselves. So there's a genuine sincerity that they believe the Word of God, but whether they believe what's in it the way we all do, that's where the point of differentiation is. And and that's why my question is, at what point in the battle for souls, in the battle to fight good and evil, fight evil, do you say, okay, we're going to stand together, we all believe in prayer at different levels, you know, how, how do we work together? How do you have a common vision? I think your military um, analogy is, is a great analogy. How we get to that and to get people to realize we're in a war, I don't know. For example, at the military, when we were allowed to do our own thing, mm -hmm. which is basically now like the church, we like to do our own thing. When we were doing our own thing, guys got up into mischief. We played pranks on each other. We we did certain things. Uh, we hurt people's feelings. We we we, st we looked at each other. Oh, that come that person comes from the other side of the tracks. We started judging one uh, another. But there was no forward motion. When the siren went, I don't care who the person was on the other side of the tracks, or if I was on the other side of the tracks, or what he looked like, or no, how he spoke. I need that person's help. We need that person's help, mm -hmm. and. It was a... So you say, well, what causes that in the body? Yes, yes. Because are you saying we need a persecution. pope? You say we need a pope? Persecution. It's not about direction. It's about persecution. Persecution is that siren that goes off and goes, okay, it's like in a field, I see a harvest. In the, in the field, you have truly true wheat and you have garbage wheat. And I think when persecution arises, you start seeing the true wheat and the garbage wheat. In other words, the people that are not f uh, founded on Christ, they talk about Christ, but not founded on Christ. But some people hear the siren loudly, and some people don't even hear the siren. So what do you do with that? In the, in the early, early first two, three centuries, picture that, like walking around, and if before you wanted to go into a market, you have to take some of the incense and put it on an offering, right? An incense, and Christians didn't do that. They didn't do that. Now, there were some Christians that did that. The Christians that saw the other Christians do that, they go, you know what? Not real Christians. These are not real Christians. Stay away from them. And they were true because those were the ones that used to backstab the true Christians. That's why the home churches were the, the real church, the gatherings. It wasn't the gatherings that we have today, anyone's welcome, seeker friendly. No, it was in the home church. Not anyone was welcomed so in there. So you're saying we should only have home churches? I think we... No, I don't think... I know we should be having home churches. Home churches... Now, I'm not saying do away with the institutional Corporate. church. Yeah. I'm saying the real church is a gathering of believers, according to the scripture. That doesn't matter what you want to call yourself. It's, it's a, a, it's a gathering of believers. Now, in terms of the structure, having it in homes is actually the biblical model. They did it in the early um, first two two centuries, and and two or three centuries because they could understand. They got into involving each other's lives. They knew that. Like, come on, 
good in a church today. You sit and don't know the poor the person next to, next next to you. You say hello. You see this person every week for ten years, and you don't know anything about their life. In the early church, it was not so. You knew everything about that person's life. They knew everything about yours, and they you helped one another. So, how did the church get to a place where they were meeting in big buildings with steeples and altars, and pews and choirs and all the the no persecution. Or were they imitating the pagan pagan ceremonies that originated? When did persecution stop? No, I'm not. Has ever, it ever stopped? Well, again, for for uh, the institutional church came around around about 300, 300 um, AD, AD with Constantine. When Constantine developed the institution, and then the popes came from that. That's when it really started. But before that, they were meeting in homes, they were hiding, and Constantine, he persecuted Christians. Mm -hmm. He killed Christians who were gathering in homes who kept it on the Sabbath. He persecuted Christians. You mean the Saturday? Yeah, Sabbath. the Saturday. Mm -hmm. he was Why was he persecuting Christians keeping it on the Saturday? He's saying, oh, they are Judaizing. They weren't Judaizing. They were Christians keeping it on the Sabbath. And they the were following what had been done since they became so, believers. So going back to... Yeah, bringing it all back. I was saying back to how do you get people focusing and hear the siren persecution as the persecution increases people that are not hearing the siren eventually start hearing the siren for example look at the last two two years mm -hmm. two three years with this COVID thing right you could see that I, I don't know maybe just me but I could see a, a distinct difference between those that believe and those that say they believe, because mm -hmm. if you say you believe, then you won't live in fear, and you and you don't, and you're not, you're not fearing. You're not scared of a little. Come on, you having a little virus dictate how you live your life? Yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Um, Old people were dying, neighbors and uh, children. Don't believe all that rubbish. If anything, yes, they were killing them by because one of the one of the biggest diseases was well, not a disease. It's one of the biggest suffering points for all people is loneliness. Yeah. And, and they were isolated. And, you, even and more, they isolated them. Even more than they already are today. So they did a disservice to older people by locking everybody up. Let's did not, not talk about them. the schools either, kids in schools. Not about talking about the schools. Not talking about the mask of, of um, holding back oxygen from them. This whole thing is satanic, yeah. right? Satanic. And, and everywhere online needs to listen to this and, and understand this whole push of this COVID thing was satanic. Yeah. Can I add my little two cents that, you know, in satanic uh, worship ceremonies, people have to stand six feet apart and they have to wear masks. Do you know that that's in satanic ceremonies? That's part of a requisite. That's a, a prerequisite. What? Wearing masks. Oh, like and, the Antifa. And six feet apart. Wow. Mm, no coincidence there. But anyway, that's just a little and, side And now it. when you see that the church leadership allows us, as an observer, you go, excuse me. I don't want any part you, of that. Yeah, you're looking at the Pharisee. Yeah. Right? You're the ones that rather uphold man's law mm -hmm. than God's law. Mm -hmm. You would rather enforce saying, oh, how dare you walk into the church without a mask on and yet... People can walk into the church. Committing and, adultery. And you know about a pastor. You know that they're committing, they, they have pornography. And you are saying nothing and doing nothing. But you're upset that they're not wearing a mask. Uh, uh, and you're standing there thinking, I, I, I'm no longer a slave to uh, fear. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously? Okay, so the reason we got to this part is to say 
Some people hear the siren and some don't. So the priority... So persecution is like that siren. Yes. But the fact is we shouldn't need the persecution to be the siren. We, we should, should be the si- We should re- respond anyway, all the time. Yeshua himself says in, in Luke 6 verse 46, Do not call me Lord unless you do the things that I say. You know what? I, I don't know. How many times I look at the, the, the clock and I see 6.46. It's like the Lord speaking to me. You better do something for the kingdom. Every morning you used to wake up and say, what can I do for the kingdom of God? Today. Yes, Lord. You know, we always pray that prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Right? We right. get that. Yes. Then it goes on and says, give us today our daily bread. Now everybody is thinking about, oh, this refers to giving us food. But then in that same chapter, a little bit later, you see in... Matthew 6, around about 30, it says, Why do you worry about food? Or, f- or eat and drink, or the sparrows Your father clothing. knows that you need such things. Oh, but you say, Yeshua, but you just said that um, we need give to pray, give us day. daily bread. The, the give us our daily bread is like, remember when Yeshua was at the well, and he was hungry. And the disciples went into town to get him some food. As they came out of, and they... They said to him, oh, you want some food? And he said, well, no, I've already eaten. I've already had food to eat. That his food is to do the, the will, will of his, his father. father. So give us our daily bread is give us our, our instructions, da- our daily assignment. Our daily assignment, yes. That is the, the key message. Give us our daily assignment. Forgive us our debts as we forgive. So in other words, we can't really do our assignment unless, uh, unless we forgive other people. So we don't hold grudges. Um, what do you think, while we're talking about um, persecution, and we've just done that part, what do you think also causes division in, in a church? So a person, a new believer is, is one thing. I find normally with older people that have been a, a believers for a long time, what do you think is the biggest thing that creeps in for believers? I think it's bitterness and unforgiveness t- towards uh Towards others, the, the, you know, Jesus even spoke about offend. Do not be offended. Mm-hmm. He said that. Do not, you know, do not take up offense. In other words, we choose to pick it up, and and I think that's the biggest barrier because you and I know with people who've been believers a long time to move them from that place of. So if we tell them, you know, everybody can walk in, in, in operate in the gifts of the spirit. Uh, it's such a struggle. It's such a struggle. Meanwhile. A little kid comes to the Lord and, and wants to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. You tell them the gospel. They, they, they receive it. They want to, they're hungry. Okay, what do I need to do? And you say, well, this is here. Let's pray for you. We can, you receive the gift of the Spirit. They will, they will speak in tongues. They will, because they, they're like a little child. They just believe it. But as people get older, the resistance to change, like, not wanting to be baptized, not wanting to, you know, speak in tongues, not operate in all the the, op, the the things the Lord has for us. It's it's harder. That's what I think. I don't know. What do you think? What is the biggest barrier? Do no, you think? I, I would agree. I, I think um, being offended, offended by other believers because of the way they did some things. It's the way. It's not necessarily if you ask them, is what they said true? The answer is yes. But it's the way they did this. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking the way. If that's the case, look at what Yeshua did. Look at his way. 
Mm-hmm. He, he says to Peter, get behind me, Satan. When last did someone say to that to you, right? Mm-hmm. Get behind me, Satan, that's your friend. The, the, the point is, everybody's way is going to be different. Mm-hmm. You cannot measure somebody's way. Somebody is, people are soft, some people are hard. Everybody's way is different. But the point is, is it true? Yes or no? And, right. and are they trying to do something to help you? What's their motivation? Yeah. And, and, and is, does it come from Scripture? So, you know, I even think about this week. We know that in Canada, Bill C-11 passed, which basically is going to influence Internet restrictions. Freedom of speech is going to be curved. I know they say it's not, but the fact that it passed in the Senate, this bill is very dangerous for freedom of speech. The Senate? What do you mean Senate? The Senate, so in other words, it has to go through the House. It was passed in the House, then the Senate votes on it, and it gets passed. Now it gets signed in. No, in Canada, it gets signed into law. So so they had a Senate here? Yes, they have a Senate, yeah. Ah, So Bill C-11 was signed by the Senate. It's passed into law. And, you know, people were sending me messages about it, and I was sad. And I just, but at the same time, I'm like, I've kind of lost that, that sadness because I feel like what you said, persecution. When people start getting hurt by the persecution that is going to come, that is when they will rise up. And so back to my initial question to you is how do we prioritize? What do, we, do we focus on people, bringing people along? Or do we just say, let's work with those who are listening to the siren, whether they're Christians or not, and those who aren't Christians, let's bring them in and let's focus on fighting the common enemy. You said number one is to make sure that people have a relationship with the Lord and, and, and know who, hear his voice and self-reflect. That's what you were saying. And the second thing is go into all the world and preach the gospel. And, and so if we make those our priority, that siren will be loud and clear. We, and we, cannot, we are not responsible for other people's responses. We mm-hmm. are responsible for sharing. It's like the watchman. The watchman stands on the In top. Ezekiel. Yeah, Ezekiel 3, Ezekiel 33, blows the trumpet and says, there's trouble. Some people say, I don't really care. I don't believe in this trouble. Okay, but we are responsible for blowing the trumpet, but not responsible for how people respond. Mm-hmm. We'll try our best to, 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 to explain in such a way that people get to understand it, but I don't think we will ever be perfect in our... Because uh, if that's the case, Yeshua spoke to masses of people and some people rejected him. So Many I, people. I, Can you imagine when, when Yeshua says to when they, he makes a statement, he says, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life in you. Bible talks about many of his disciples that were following him in that time walked away. Yes. Because there's two hard saying. And then they say to him, well, that's a hard saying. So instead of him explaining what he means by that, he, he doubled down on it. He says, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life in you. Uh, not did he, he didn't even explain. So what are you saying that we should do when people get offended? I mean, what part contribution or what part do we play to contribute to, to either elevating division or, or we have to be focusing or creating? It. I think we just have to be focusing on the Lord as we focus on Him, um, spending time with Him, self-reflecting, share, but don't get caught up by being offended because someone mm-hmm. normally. It works both ways. You can be offended by someone how, and they're offended by you, and then you're offended by them. So you must make sure you cut that off. Move forward. Move forward. To say, okay, well, Lord, touch them, help them, bless them. What is it you want me to do, Lord? Yep. Matthew 5, verse uh, 44, where it says, bless those who curse you, right? Just bless them Pray and, then, those who and move on. Yeah. But you cannot hang around the bush and try and uh, convince them to come around. Because what happens if you're trying to convince these people to come around? The reality is they're going to be offended 
by you even more f- five minutes later and or ten minutes later, and then you and then you'll be wasting time because the devil's going to be keeping making the person offended, and you're going to continue trying to please that person. The point is, is that listen to the siren, yeah. focus on the common enemy, do not be distracted by the different viewpoints, and make sure you are self-reflecting, staying holy, and, 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 and fulfilling your assignment. As long as we have the common purpose, brings us together. And our pom- common, common purpose should be setting the captives free, right? And, and reaching out mm-hmm. to those who disagree, and if they choose to respond, it's not my it's not my business. But, but I've got to do what the Lord's called me to do. We are not there to teach people. No, no, no. Uh, we say disagree. It's really about. No, what I mean is reaching out to say, come along with us. This but if vision. they choose not to, yeah, I, 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 it's not my responsibility. In other words, are you buying into the vision or don't you buy into the vision? Yeah, right? the sirens. Right, we're going into battle. Are you with us or against us? Uh, are you with us or not? Yeah. And, and, and and that's what the Lord's told us to do, so move forward. So not necessarily against you, but they just... Yeah, yeah, I was just saying, it's not against us. It's just... Are uh, they with you or not? This is not their battle for right now. This is not the battle. And some people that don't need to be part of this purpose right now, but mm-hmm. maybe they'll come together in the future. So it's different steps, steps different phases, right? Uh, we weren't always walking in battle. When, we, when I was in the military, not, we didn't all do the operations, it was selected people, mm-hmm. certain groups. Then they went out and did it. And so you take different turns, different times, and depending on your level of expertise, right? Uh, so I think giving people the option, but making sure that everybody understands, hey, this bus is going in this direction. Who wants to be part of the bus? Right, right. Right? Anyway, I think it's a good topic. I, th- I think it's a good discussion. Okay, so are so, we going to yeah, so pray for... Pray for... So you can close in prayer. All right. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the clarity that you've given us in wisdom and thought, helping us to sort these th- things through as, as we think about the example that your Son has given us. And Lord, I just pray for all of us right now listening. I pray that that siren um, is clear to all those who need to hear it and that every day we wake up and ask, give us this day our daily assignment so we can help impact your kingdom Lord, and, and do what it is you've called us to do. I just pray um, against offense and bitterness and anger and unforgiveness that people have in their hearts. I just ask, ask you to help them to repent and to receive your healing. And I pray all this right now in the mighty name of Yeshua. Amen. And amen.